Is this who I was to protect? Why? Because they are weak? <laughs> Put her down. When you crush an ant beneath your foot, do you feel remorse? No. Is this because you are evil or because you recognize yourself as a higher form of life? This is what the wizard could not understand. If I have the powers of the gods, then am I not a god myself? Should I not be treated as such? Put her down. You want to be a protector? Then protect this soul. Revert to your mortal form, and I will prove a benevolent deity. And then you'll just kill me. I will. <laughs> Welcome back to NerdGap. My name is Anil and I'm the host and creator of the NerdGap community. And if you've been around from the start, you're probably wondering, where have I been and why have I taken so long to do a review? It seems like it's been forever since I did the last one. Um, well, the truth is, um, a lot has taken place and a lot has happened in my life um, between the time I did the last episode and now. And so it's just been a, a real big challenge to make some time and to come back to the the swing of making these episodes and podcasts, but I do appreciate you joining me today. I am back for the discussion or to share my thoughts on Black Adam, which just released and I had a chance to see it. So I'd love to share my initial thoughts and impressions of that movie and um, hear what you guys have to say. But before I go ahead and start discussing the movie, as always, I'd like to thank you for joining me on this episode if you're not already following me on Instagram or Twitter, that's where I do most of my posts. And that's where I'm most engaged. Uh, so if you'd like to follow me there on Instagram, it is at NerdGab. And on Twitter, it's at Nerd underscore Gab. You can definitely follow me there. You can shoot me a message. We can talk about all things nerdy. And now that I've got that out of the way, let's talk about Black Adam. So... I first heard about this Black Adam movie happening, it feels like maybe 10, almost 10 years ago, it could be less, but it definitely feels like it was a very long time ago when I first heard that The Rock was approached by WB to play a character in their DC franchise, and there was a speculation at the time that he might play either Lobo or he might play Black Adam. Personally, my feelings were that he would have been a great pick for Lobo at the time, although I didn't know exactly how they would have fit that in because at that time they didn't really have a Superman movie in the works other than Superman Returns, and I think they are just getting onto making Man of Steel. So Lobo for me was where I thought he'd be pretty cool, although now after seeing Jason Momoa, I think Jason Momoa would have been a better Lobo, although I do love Jason Momoa as Aquaman, so I'm conflicted there, but... Black Adam was the second uh, character that we heard The Rock might be playing. And again, this was almost, I feel like, 10 years ago. It could have been a little less, but it might be right on the ball about 10 years ago. It could even be more. But I do remember hearing that Black Adam was in the works. And at first I thought, that's really interesting because if The Rock is going to be playing Black Adam, we already know The Rock is this big muscular dude. Black Adam is a big, powerful sort of villain, anti-hero type character, and I thought it would be a good mix. But at the time, The Rock wasn't really as large as he is now. I think now he's way more of a bigger star. 
And so I think at that time I thought, okay, if it's not going to be Lobo, then it's probably perfect that he'll be Black Adam. That'll skyrocket him into like superstar status, which, you know, he kind of already was getting, getting to that point. But I think at that time he wasn't where he's like now. Anyway, so it comes down to The Rock promoting the character. And then a few years ago, um, there there was a discussion of the, the role being put on hold. And it wasn't until the Shazam movie came out, which I believe was about two, three years ago now, where The Rock actually posted very publicly that the Black Adam movie was back in production or that it was moving forward. And he was very happy to announce that on his social media. And so everyone kind of remembered that he was going to portray Black Adam and that there was a potential that it might cross over into the Shazam movie. So with that little nugget, there was this um, idea that they're going to be building up to a Shazam versus Black Adam. But the thing with The Rock is he's such a large star now. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier in the fact that he wouldn't just show up as a villain for one movie in a Shazam movie. So he wouldn't be the second build name on a one shot movie. You know what I mean? So they would probably have to build up the rock as black Adam over the course of several movies because the rock is such a huge star now. And so they wouldn't do that in two or three Shazam movies. They'd probably have to do that over the course of maybe three to six movies or even a solo movie, which is the route they ended up going. So when I found out that The Rock was going to be playing Black Adam in a solo movie, I thought, okay, well, this is a great approach that they're going to make because they're going to be focusing on Black Adam's origin story as the villain that I know him to be. Um, And they're going to build him up that way so that when he finally does confront Shazam, we have a bit of Uh, resonance between both characters we have shazam's origin we have black adam's origin because they're basically two faces of the same coin but then we found out that the creators of the shazam movie had no intention or no plan to actually incorporate black adam into their franchise so they announced maybe a couple of weeks ago maybe maybe even a couple of months ago they mentioned that there was no plan to incorporate black adam in their shazam franchise and to someone like me That just seems ludicrous. Like, why would you ever create a Shazam franchise without the idea of having Shazam confront or go against Black Adam? Like, why would you ever create a movie like that? It's like saying you're going to make a Superman franchise without Lex Luthor or a Batman franchise without ever having the Joker. And I know a lot of people have some comments about that, but I was thinking that that's just crazy. So the whole intention behind doing a black adam movie i think most of us thought most of us being the guys at the comic book stores people i talked to fans online i think a lot of people thought that the black adam movie was definitely going to focus as an origin story to black adam and how he became the villain that we knew him to be and that he's going to be portraying a villain in the dceu but then of course we know what happened with the dceu over the years kind of diminished and became something a lot less grand than most of us were hoping. And so I think that has played a factor in what we ended up getting with this Black Adam movie. Now, personally speaking, I would have thought that by making a completely solo movie featuring The Rock as Black Adam, that DC may have had 
a stroke of genius and WB would have came up with this sort of amazing plan to center their universe, their franchise around Black Adam kind of being the, the central villain to their future of DC movies, like making him sort of like the Thanos of the DCEU because they kind of already squashed their chances of doing Darkseid. We still don't know what's happening with that at this moment. There's a lot of buzz and rumors surrounding Zack Snyder possibly coming back and the Snyderverse being restored. All of that right now at this moment, which is uh, October 2022, is very much rumor and it is not confirmed. There's no connection yet to Zack Snyder. He's currently working on his contract with Netflix and doing Rebel Moon. So everyone has this sort of wild conspiracy that this might lead back to a revitalized version of the Snyderverse, but at this moment we don't have any confirmation of that. So my thinking was that if they were to do something new going forward, um, it would make a good idea to have Black Adam sort of be the central villain of the DCEU and sort of center your next wave of movies around Black Adam and kind of follow his path as he goes from hero to villain if his solo movie is going to focus on his origin story because he did start off as a hero and champion of Kondak in his story. So I thought that that was going to be the route that they were going to take. I thought that would have been really cool to have Black Adam be a centralized villain and then you can sort of build hero solo movies around that but ultimately that's not what they did here and so we ended up getting this black adam solo movie that does kind of introduce us to his origin story but they take some liberties and they make some changes of course some of which i thought were good and some of which i thought were bad so before you go any further i just need to point out or say there are going to be spoilers for the movie if you have not seen Black Adam yet, there will be spoilers beyond this point. So if you do not want to know what's going to happen or how the movie goes or, or any cameos or anything like that, now would be the time to pause and come back after you've had a chance to see the movie and then hear what I have to say. So hopefully anyone that's still listening has either seen the movie or they don't really care to hear spoilers or they don't mind. Uh, but going from this point forward, there will be spoilers for Black Adam. So please, 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 if you have not seen the movie, you do not want spoilers, please hop off now. But going right into it right now, I'm just going to say Black Adam brings Zack Snyder into the universe. He actually brings Zack Snyder into the universe of DC and Zack Snyder is Superman. Okay, now that the actual people who do not want spoilers are gone, that does not happen at all. That was just a joke. I just want to make sure that if you are listening past this point, you know for sure there's going to be spoilers, so you've been warned. So, the Black Adam movie features a bunch of new characters that we haven't seen before on screen in a DC movie. Some are characters that have never appeared on screen uh, they may have appeared in the animated series or you may know them from the comics. So the characters in this movie are Kent Nelson, who is Dr. Fate, Carter Hall, who is Hawkman, Adriana Tomas, who isn't Isis in this movie, but rather some type of Laura Croft kind of character. She's like a dungeon slash Indiana Jones slash 
professor type character so we don't know if they're going to develop her into the superhero isis or if she's just going to remain adriana tomas um, going forward uh, we have cyclone we have adam smasher of course we have black adam the surprise villain for me was sabak and then we have a cameo by amanda waller and harcourt from the james gunn peacemaker series and also from the james gunn suicide squad who is actually also his wife now i think so those are sort of the main cast of characters and of course i'll, I'll mention uh the cameo later on uh by now i think everyone else has sort of either heard about it from being spoiled through posts on social media or they must have heard the buzz because it was pretty big and maybe me just saying that alone might be enough to tip you off but those are the main characters of the movie so again that was kent nelson as dr fate so there are different dr fates then you have hawkman aka carter hall and then you have Adriana tomas and then you have cyclone adam smasher black adam sabak amanda waller and harcourt um, so let me let me jump into now a recap of black adam the movie that's supposed to shake the very core of the dc franchise it's supposed to shift the balance of power according to Dwayne the rock johnson here is the recap of black adam so the movie starts off with dr fate having this crazy vision so the audience is introduced to dr fate right in the beginning and he has this crazy vision about some massive evil being drawn to earth and he instantly thinks okay i need to go talk to my buddy hawkman because they used to work together in the jsa you, you hear about this throughout the movie so he goes to see hawkman and the reason he goes to see hawkman is because hawkman aka cater hall or carter hall is a character who has existed in reincarnated forms through thousands of years on earth and so carter hall would have some sort of recollection or may have some sort of information from a past life that can help dr fate tie his vision together and kind of predict where this massive evil is going to come from so he goes to see hawkman and tells him about this vision and then hawkman tells him yeah you know i recall this thing from my past life where the people they summoned a champion or maybe it was a demon i don't know i don't remember so anyways in Kondok, this is where this, the story mostly takes place the country of Kondok is being ruled over by this dictator who has basically assumed power through massive force and by oppressing the people with this army or this um, regime called intergang and so adriana tomas the character is basically like this rebel she works with the alliances uh, and they they have like a rebel alliance against this intergang regime where they help the civilians however they can and it's sort of like a guerrilla style movement she's wanted by the government a wanted figure and so she is the person sort of leading this rebellion but she's also a scholar she has lots of information and historical interests where she learned a lot about ancient legends and things about conduct and so she's also been pursuing this legend and she's been piecing together parts of this legend that foretells of a champion that once saved conduct and that's how she basically learned about black adam and she's the one that learns how black adam led the revolution and saved conduct in the past like thousands of years before 
And so she discovers these ancient texts and things like that throughout her time and journey with this Rebel Alliance to uncover the truth and uncover the ways of, of bringing Black Adam to conduct, summoning him, just sort of, sort of like how Dr. Fate's vision of something being summoned to Earth. And so she's the one that ends up leading the Rebel Alliance to the tomb of Black Adam. And therefore, she's the one that learns how to free him. And in the moment of being freed, they're actually attacked by the dictator's regime, Intergang. They show up and they start killing everybody and everything like that. And it's just a massacre. And in a moment of desperation, she summons Black Adam by reading this ancient text or this runic uh, writing on the walls. And so you discover that that place that they were in is actually Black Adam's tomb from thousands of years ago. And so she reads this ancient runic writing on the wall and boom, Black Adam is summoned. But he's not summoned alone. He's actually summoned with Sabak. And you find out that they actually were trapped together thousands of years ago by the wizards because they were going to destroy the world in an epic battle. And the only way to save the world was to trap them together in this tomb. So the wizards had trapped him there and Adriana just released him. So as they're both released, Sabak and Black Adam, they have a little scuffle. Intergang is firing shots at everybody. Sabak sees an opportunity to escape. He gets away. And then Intergang takes aim at Black Adam instead of Sabak. And so he destroys, basically kills every living thing in the room except for Adriana Tomas. And in that moment, when he's finally free, he, he also leaves and he gets away. As he makes his escape, he's then stopped immediately by Hawkman and Dr. Fate, who were on their way to where they think this ancient evil was supposed to arise. And as they thought they were on the way there, they actually encounter it, which is Black Adam right in front of them. And then a huge battle ensues and there's like shit flying all over the place and Black Adam's just whooping their ass and Dr. Fate's doing some cool shit and Hawkman's doing some cool shit and it's just a wicked, very epic style battle and The Rock is looking awesome. Dr. Fate looks cool, Hawkman looks cool and the fight goes on for a bit and then eventually he does overpower them and he escapes. So while he escapes, they are basically left to lick their wounds basically and then they need to kind of figure out how are they going to stop this evil? How are they going to trap him? How are they going to defeat him? Then meanwhile, we cut to Sabak, who was just summoned to Earth, just like Black Adam was. Although he's now discovering he doesn't have his full power. Because while he was trapped in the tomb, he was only trapped um, as a servant. And so therefore, to unlock his full power, he is tied to the bloodline of the family or the, the people that summoned him in the first place when Black Adam fought him first thousands of years ago. And of course, wouldn't you know it, the people that summoned him thousands of years ago, their descendants are still alive today and in fact are the current rulers slash dictators of Kondak. So Sabak ends up going to see that dictator, see, to see that ruler, to free himself from the bond of being a servant to their their cause, basically to be free from their their control. Then on the other hand, you have Hawkman and Dr. Fate now searching for Adriana because they realize 
she was somehow connected to how Black Adam got free. And so when they find her, she shows them the, in, the impact that Intergang has had on Kondok and why it drove her to do what she did. And she shows them what she's learned about Black Adam. And they discover that he is actually connected to the ancient magic of the gods from the past. And so that kind of gives Dr. Fate some ideas of how to think about how to stop Black Adam from going apeshit and just destroying anyone that, that stands in his way. While all that is happening, Black Adam is over here flying over Earth, you know, thousands of years after, after he's been trapped and kind of just learning new things and seeing how much the world has changed. And in doing so, he sees a bunch of intergang soldiers basically chasing and bullying um, this small squad of, of uh, rebels. And so he flies down to stop them. And in that time, he kind of has this flashback where he thinks about when he was first um, a slave in Kondok who led the revolution and it made him think about his son and so he stops these soldiers he basically brutally destroys everyone and one of the rebels that he saves happens to be the son of Adriana the scholar slash Lara Croft type lady that Dr. Fate and Hawkman are talking to and so the son basically shows Black Adam you know this is the world that we live in today. You know, this is Kondok since these oppressors have showed up. And, you know, we've been fighting for just basic civil liberties. And they have none of that. And without a savior, they're basically going to lose their livelihood. And so this resonates with Black Adam. And these two characters, they form this bond. The kid kind of reminds Black Adam of his son. And so that's how they kind of learn about what's going on and and the kid kind of informs black adam about um all the atrocities in the world and black adam basically represents the savior who can who can take them out of that and and spare the world from these atrocities so after learning all of this basically black adam decides he wants to help the kid and he wants to save Kondok from the, these oppressors because this is not what he became the champion for. He, he doesn't want to see Kondok being slave to anybody. So he decides to help, but he only decides to do so after he's found and defeated Sabat, who is a much greater evil that has been unleashed upon the earth. And so he needs to stop Sabak before he can help them with Intergang. And that's when the kid basically says, hey, you know what? My mom's this scholar. She knows a ton of shit. She might actually know something that can help you. Or maybe we can learn something about this Sabak guy that may give you an, a fighting advantage or tell us how to stop him. So they end up going off and looking for the mom who is currently with Dr. Fate and Hawkman, filling them in on what the hell is going on. And so eventually these guys all meet up and where you think a fight's about to ensue, they actually end up meet, meeting, almost meeting common ground. But then out of nowhere, friggin' Sabak double crosses the dictator dude, kills that dude, breaks free of his bond, and is then able to harness his full demonic slash satanic powers. And he basically raises an entire army of demons to invade the earth, but really focusing in on Kondok because that's where they are at this moment and that was the moment that Black Adam, Dr. Fate, Hawkman they're all like okay we got to put our differences aside for the time being and we got to stop this dude 
So they go off to fight Sabak, and it's uh, three against one, basically. Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Black Adam, they're going at Sabak. And in this fight, that's when Dr. Fate has this memory or this vision that ties back to the vision he had in the first part of the movie about this evil that gets released on the earth and it all clicks because then he remembers the stuff that carter told him the stuff that adriana told him and so he realizes okay there's a window of opportunity here to stop this this immense evil power and so it involves a sacrifice in order to trap this person or trap this evil he sacrifices himself to give black adam and hawkman a fighting chance to stop sabak and in that small window black adam just basically fucking kills sabak in the most brutal way possible and also dr fate ends up dying as well but now with sabak dead his entire demon army is destroyed and the people of Kondok are in ha are happy and they're cheering and they look up at their savior and it's friggin' Black Adam and he just saved Kondok just like he sort of did a thousand years ago, except he never got the praise for it like he did then because he was trapped by the wizards. And so now he's found this like God complex where he's like, oh, I've, I've found my people, I've saved my people, I've fulfilled my mission, but there's more to do because there's more oppression here. There's more that I can do and have a better impact. Um, so they're cheering and they're all happy and shit and friggin hawkman picks up the helmet of nabu which is the power for dr fate and he basically licks his wounds and you know he looks up at black adam and they kind of have an indifference there but they understand each other you know they're gonna stay out of each other's way and then he leaves with the helmet he's then later contacted by amanda waller who's like yo i need that helmet you better give me that helmet of course he doesn't give a shit he's like no fuck you I'm not giving you this helmet. This helmet belongs to my friend. And it is an, a power that no one can control and no one should have power of unless they're, you know, pure of heart, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she basically tells him, listen, if you don't give me the helmet, I have thousands of people that are willing to die to see me achieve my goals. Basically hinting at her suicide squad. She'll send after him. And he's just like, I don't give a fuck. Do whatever the hell you want. And then meanwhile, Black Adam's now settling down or kind of coming down to terms with him his role in conduct and adriana sort of agreeing to be sort of his um his moral compass more or less because she's the kid's mom and he kind of has this bond with the kid and he wants to be on good terms with the kid so he ends up kind of just being sort of taken in by this mom and the son and it kind of reminds him of the family that he lost when he first was the champion of conduct and then basically the movie ends with Black Adam looking over the city and sort of just admiring how much it's changed and just being at peace with himself being the protector of conduct. It's nice night and there's like, you know, lights and everything. And then he looks up at the night sky and he just sees a friggin' floating figure out in the air, like far off in the distance. And he gets kind of serious for a second. And then the figure sort of drifts and descends behind him. And then he goes, leave conduct now if you value your life. And then the voice goes, I value all life. And Black Adam says, I have slain countless lives of man and gods to protect conduct. I will slay lives to protect conduct. 
And then friggin' Superman says, not if I have anything to say about that. Then they friggin' stare at each other and bam, credits roll. Holy shit, this movie was fucking insane. I was like, wow, they actually went there. They actually brought Henry Cavill back. He's back in full costume. He is Superman. And he goes straight up to Black Adam. He's like, bro, don't fuck with me. I will fuck you up. That was how this movie ended. This was so insane. I walked out of there and I was like, man, that was amazing. Unfortunately, everything I just said was not at all how this movie went. Okay. This was my version of Black Adam. This was what I could have spun this story and how I could have told this story using the same characters and elements that they actually used in this movie. It was uh, similar to what you just heard in terms of characters and um, the way the story kind of rolls out. But overall, that story that I just told you is not how the actual movie went. In my opinion, that version is better than what we actually got. So what we actually got was a similar thing. Kondok is under oppression by, you know, these crazy rulers. Um, there's an intergang interfering and, you know, causing a shitstorm somehow. People seem to be fine, but for whatever reason, we're supposed to believe that intergang is bad. Uh, Adriana Tomas, she's looking for uh, ancient historic stuff. She, for whatever reason, is looking for the crown they don't really explain why she's looking for the crown other than the fact that it is a um, material from history that uh, has been um, outlawed or basically is like a material that can grant them whatever the hell they want. And it's called Eternium or some shit. And she's looking for a crown that's made of Eternium, which ends up being the crown of Sabak. Of course, I don't know if she knows that. Um, they don't explain much beyond the fact that she's looking for this crown. I guess they just needed a way for her to lead us to the tomb of Black Adam. So when she gets to the tomb, she's double-crossed by one of her buddies who's basically trying to obtain the crown for his own uh, greed and his own purposes. Um, and so she's betrayed and in, in a moment where she's about to die, she basically tries to summon or release Black Adam. So they don't explain much about any of how she knows any of this or how she's able to decipher this ancient text and ancient runes and why she's the only one that can anyways she releases black adam like you see in that first trailer he fucking destroys everyone that's in his way and then for whatever reason he doesn't kill her he flies off the army shows up i guess the army is part of intergang or whatever the case may be. And they're like, who the fuck are you? Stop, get out of the air. He has a whole scene where he just basically destroys everything in front of him. And the musical cues that they use for the movie are questionable because you're not, you're led to believe, is this supposed to be comedic? Is it supposed to be serious? Is it supposed to be like a commentary on something? It kind of felt like they saw the scene from X-Men with, um, Quicksilver running into the mansion to save everybody and it was kind of like this is really cool but also very funny at the same time and so that's what that scene was very much like where he's destroying helicopters and jets and he's wrecking soldiers and he's catching rockets and he's doing all this cool stuff and he's just floating by people and electrocuting them with lightning um, and they've got this kind of weird music playing and you don't know if it's supposed to be serious or if it's supposed to be epic if it's supposed to be humorous it's just a weird take or a weird way to 
execute that scene. Um, and then after he's basically done destroying, uh, he's attacked by, uh, I forget if it was a rocket actually, sorry, he's attacked by a rocket that contains Eternium. And for whatever reason, Eternium can affect him. It, it actually can wound him. And so he gets knocked out by this um, Eternium substance. And Adriana Tomas is like, oh, great. Let me take this friggin' god that I just released from a thousand-year-old prison and bring him to my house. So she takes him to her house. And he's basically sleeping in, the, in her son's room on her son's bed um, and she patched him up and everything and the son and keep in mind this is in like Kandak which is supposed to be like this country that's far away from the west it's it's kind of like almost Iraq slash maybe Afghanistan type place but it is not at all a place that is influenced by the west and for whatever reason the son's room is like a typical teenager's room from like 1990. He's got posters of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, which in my opinion, I think in a country that seems like they're that oppressed and is kind of like an allegory for like Iraq or something, he probably wouldn't have a poster of Wonder Woman, but hey, we're supposed to let that one slide. And so he's got action figures and probably comics and things like that. And Black Adam just sort of wakes up and zaps the poster of Superman. It's kind of like a little fun Easter egg where it's like foreshadowing at the potential um, fight between Superman and Black Adam. He zaps the Superman poster and then the kid comes in and they start talking and the kid's just rambling on about how he's a superhero and blah, 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 blah. And you're supposed to believe that this kid is not at all scripted because... Why else would he be this infatuated with superheroes who have done nothing for his country, who have not intervened in any of the oppression and stopped any of the atrocities that they've, they're facing, but now he's got Black Adam, and so he's infatuated Black Adam, and he's going on about how you can save the day, and we're wondering, well, how does this kid know all this stuff? You could make the argument that it's because he is the son of this sort of professor slash Lara Croft type character. And so maybe he's picked up influences from her. But the movie doesn't do much to help you connect those dots. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, if you can see it and if you it's obvious enough, you don't need them to be more connected. But it just interferes with the believability of the story just a little bit when you don't tie certain things together or you don't answer certain questions. That's pretty much how I feel about any movie that leaves those things on the floor. Like if I have to ask a question that seems like it was an obvious thing for you to cover, that means you didn't fully flesh out this idea. But anyways, Black Adam gets up and he's like a fish out of water, right? He doesn't know what's going on. He can see that the world is definitely different. He sees TV and they have a scene from the good, the bad, the ugly with Clint Eastwood and it's the the standoff scene at the end and at the same moment that they draw their guns in the movie he zaps the tv and so it's sort of like a like a little homage to like a western style um standoff and for whatever reason he doesn't use doors and they they kind of reference this in the movie itself because he just flies through walls because he'd rather fly through a wall 
And so at one point, some characters like, they didn't have doors in your time, I guess. And he's like, no, we had doors. That's how we got through things. But here he just continues to fly through fucking walls. And that's part of what I think is an issue for me with the movie. Aside from like the story being completely all over the place. It's like they don't know where they want this movie to fall. Like, do you want this movie to fall in the category of being serious? Do you want it to fall in the category of being a, an action comedy? Like, kind of like Shazam? Do you want it to fall in the totally comedy or totally serious? Is Black Adam a hero? Is he a villain? Like, it's just all over the place. And I feel like part of that has to do with what I was talking about earlier with The Rock playing Black Adam and his persona as the rock as Dwayne Johnson has always been this positive character in all of the movies that he's played. And I think black Adam is just one of those characters where you either have to make up your mind. Is he an anti-hero? Is he a villain? You, you kind of have to decide that before you really write for that character. And then when you slap the rock into that role, the thing that happens is you won't get that full villainous performance from the rock because i feel like on some level that might affect or play a part against his brand as the rock so a friend of mine even says you know this is basically the rock in a superhero movie he's 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 the same character he's always played just in a superhero movie and that's where i kind of lose a little bit of the connection to it is because you don't really get the sense of where this movie is supposed to like what type of movie this is and, and what the audience is for this movie. Let alone it's it's a movie for su for superhero fans and for people who are fans of The Rock. But is this movie serious? Not really because there's all these weird sort of supposed to be comical scenes. But then is it a comedy? Not really because then there are some themes and some moments where it's like holy crap there's like serious shit happening here. Um, like for instance, they push, he's always said that they're, they're going to push the, the limits of PG 13. And so they do with in the terms of violence, like he does some brutal shit to some people in this movie. Um, but again, none of it really feels like it has any substance because most of the guys that he's like destroying are basically faceless soldiers. And, um, you know, he fights Dr. Fade and he fights Hawkman, but he's not nearly as brutal to them as he is to these like defenseless soldiers i'm calling them defenseless because they don't have powers um, but they are able to somehow hurt him with eternium and none of them kind of figured out oh shit we hurt him with eternium that one time let's make more eternium bullets but it's like i said it's a substance that's sort of like it's here for a minute it's important to the plot somehow but then later on it's never really brought up ever again and he ends up befriending this kid because for whatever reason he has a connection to this kid and so he, you don't, like, that's the thing. Like, as soon as he comes out of being trapped in the tomb, you would think that he's just on this vengeful path to, like, right every wrong in the world or every wrong in Kandak, at least. But no, he's just kind of floating around. And then the kid is really kind of guiding him to the idea of taking on Intergang. And I didn't even get to the stuff with hawkman and the justice society which really isn't the justice society so what's, what ends up with them and how they get introduced into the movie is black adam is released from his tomb 
and Amanda Waller, for whatever reason, calls up Carter Hall and she's like, hey, assemble the team and go stop this dude. And then he's just like, all right, I'm already on it. I've got the people ready. I've got my buddy, Dr. Fate, coming over. I've got Cyclone, this new kid. Never tried or tested, but we're going to throw her into the ring of battle right at the, the her very first mission. And then we got another kid. It's sort of like his first day on the job, which is Adam Smasher. And he's, he's um, picking up the mantle from his uncle, who was the former Adam Smasher. And so... You got two newbies, you got Dr. Fate who's been around the block a few times, and then you've got Carter Hall who they don't explain much about his history, but oh man, if they did, they would have been able to tie him and Black Adam together a, a lot better because they both have this connection to the past. And then you have Dr. Fate who has the ability to, to have these visions of both the future, past, and present. And so he could have pay, played a, another factor into how they um, eventually come to needing him for this mission. But like I said, they went with this weird way of having Amanda Waller assemble the team, which is kind of weird because she's more on the the sidelines when it comes to like these very public things where she would send uh, the Suicide Squad, for instance, on a covert mission or on a, on something to do that's less grand scale than this. Um, not so much in the first movie, but definitely in the second movie for Suicide Squad, you get that sense a little bit better. But here she's just straight up calling Carter Hall, who we don't have any really connect any real connection to because we've never seen him before. Um, and she basically says, "Go off and stop Black Adam." And he assembles this ragtag team. They don't know shit about this fucking guy, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna go and see what's up." And then when they get there, he's destroying shit. He's killing civilians. Well, not civilians. He's killing soldiers and he's killing all these people and he's doing it, you know, all brutally and stuff. And they're like, you can't do that. So, of course, he ends up fighting with them. Just like I kind of outlined in my version of the movie. Uh, and then he kind of wipes the floor with them. And then this is kind of where the movie te teeters a little bit because it goes from being where you think it's going to go in terms of he beats them and then, you know, later on discovers or learns that, you know, he has to work with them. But it goes back and forth. And the thing that I think takes me out of it is every time Hawkman interacts with him, it's always like this angry sort of like look down on you type of personality, even though Black Adam can squash him, like literally squash him. And you have these side characters taking up more screen time in the movie where you could flesh out the interaction between these characters a bit more but they decided to go this like i said they decided to go this route where you don't know if it's a you know like an action comedy or if it's supposed to be serious but anyways they end up teaming up at the end to fight fucking sabak and I, I skipped over one of the key factors but maybe i'll just jump into this because maybe it's better for you guys to see the movie and kind of understand where i'm coming from the parts that i liked about black adam are really what you get in the trailer um, which is saying the most that i can about this movie so for instance the rock as black adam i mean i think he looks fantastic i would have preferred that they gave him the hair like he's supposed to have but maybe the rock didn't want to 
you know, he didn't want to rock a wig maybe. So uh, they didn't give him the hair, but I think he looks great. I think the suit looks fine. The, the visuals are fantastic. They look great, but they don't sound great. And I, that could be the theater that I was in. Maybe the speakers in the theater weren't that good, but it was an empty theater. So it wasn't much noise from the audience to interfere with the noise from my end. But the sound from the movie, and I'm talking about scenes where like there's an explosion or he's crashing through a wall or he's punching through a, a rock or something like that, where you think it's going to be a nice sort of loud noise. It's not. It sounds very muffled. Um, I'm not sure if that, again, it could it could have been the theater or it could just be the sound design and sound editing for this movie. Um, the other thing is the violence that they decide to portray so he he did mention in in promotion for this movie that they're gonna push that pg-13 limit i think they kind of do that to some degree because you get a lot of black adam smashing guys on the floor you got him completely wrecking tanks and helicopters and there's people in them and he completely zaps one dude completely to death like he just holds this dude by the by the neck and just electrifies him until he's nothing but bone and like there's cool shit like that but it, it visually looks great but it doesn't sound like it should it, it should sound a little bit better a little bit more emphasis like it should be like way more like heart pounding it should be like you when you hear it it should like freak the shit out of you but for whatever reason the sound in this movie is not that great as far as dislikes go I think the story is really weak. I think the story is where they drop the ball the most. Um, where did they drop the ball? I think, like I mentioned, I think the film's a little wishy-washy where they don't know if they want to portray him as a true villain um, or show how he went from hero to villain. Um, they don't really cross the line to say that he's a hero, although at the end of the movie, you're supposed to get the sense that he's the hero, I guess. You could you could argue maybe they're trying to blend that line of him being an anti-hero, but again, they don't take a stance, like a definitive stance. He's one minute really, really bad. He's one minute really, really good. He's one minute in the gray, and you're not sure. But at the end of it, I think you're overall, you're supposed to say, or you're supposed to think like, okay, I guess he is the hero because he's protecting Kondok. It has its funny moments. Some of them were like a, a little chuckle funny, but nothing like, you know, not MCU style humor here at all. And then uh, the other issue I had or the other thing or the other dislike that I had for this movie is they kind of change his origin story a little bit. And um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that my favorite origin for him is the New 52 version of his origin where he takes the power from his nephew and kills his nephew to become Black Adam and then basically says to Billy Batson, Shazam, he says to Billy, you know, that's the difference between us. You know, I'm willing to kill my own blood to see my vision, to, to enact my my version of, of like power. And Billy's not willing to cross that line. So that version of him is my favorite because it really portrays him as this like really dark, really evil guy. But he has good intentions, just fucking crazy and like murderous. This version, they don't go that route at all. They basically make him the gladiator version which is like he loses his son he loses his wife and through that tragedy he becomes sort of tainted by you know the acts of man and all that shit and he basically becomes black adam 
Um, but the true savior, the true leader of the people when they were being oppressed thousands of years ago was his son because he was the symbol of, of rebellion. He was a symbol of freedom. But it, like it, it's not executed well. The way that they changed it so that he's a father, not an uncle, it's not a big deal. But the way that they made it so that he's not really the bad guy for killing his, his son or his nephew and instead made him, you know, a victim of, uh, of these people trying to stop his son and him from leading a revolution. It, it kind of flips that characteristics of Black Adam and not make it as, as solid or as weighted as it was in the comics. So it's a slight thing. It's not, it's not going to break the story for any non-fans or anything like that. Even some actual fans or comic book fans are going to see that and be like, yeah, I, I understand why they made that change. For me, that was something I didn't like. And then they slightly changed his powers. And this is where I'm going to rely on some of the diehard fans to kind of chime in here. I'm not too keen on this particular part. The Black Adam that I know, he doesn't say the word Shazam to release his power. Because if he does, it basically means he'll die because he's thousands of years old and so he never wants to relinquish the power of shazam not for sake of just relinquishing it to die but because he's not done with his mission or he's not done enacting or rolling out his his version of justice or his version of power and, and authority so that thing i think they changed a little bit anyone else who knows the the, the true nature of his powers and is if he's able to say shazam back and forth and go between being normal and being black adam if you know if that's possible or not please let me know but for me if they they kind of flip-flop with that in this movie and they kind of changed his ability to do that and it definitely made me have a what the fuck moment so overall that those are some of the things i like some of the things i disliked if i were giving this movie a rating out of 10 i'd say this movie is probably a five for me um i feel like if this movie came out like maybe 10 years ago just when the whole like superhero rage started happening i think it would have been right at home 10 years ago because it would have been kind of nice basic origin story not so much heavy on the you know the comic influence but more just uh here's a black adam movie here's how we get black adam onto screen and how we get him into future movies here it is. I think it would have been perfect around that time, but in today's superhero movie time, it just doesn't feel like it lives up to anything that they're putting out. Um, the writing for me seems kind of weak. Um, a lot of people are going to see this and they're probably going to love it because it's just exactly what they're looking for. Just a basic sort of no, no brain plugged in kind of thing. And you kind of just watch and enjoy, you know, flashy, nice effects and things like that. But as a fan of the of, of the source material and as a fan of this character and having hopes for what they could have done with this character in the future, I really feel like this wasn't the one. And then when you add on to the fact that they've been working on this movie or it's been in production for so long, um, it makes you really feel like this wasn't the best that they could do. I'm not knocking it as, as far as them putting it out. I think that them getting it out is actually really good. Because now it means that we can get to next things with Black Adam. And so that's gonna that's where I lead into 
that cameo scene that I was talking about earlier, which is fucking Superman. They actually bring Superman into the movie. Henry Cavill shows up. And of course, this all got leaked months ago when there was speculation that he'd be showing up in the movie because there were rumors of reshoots and things like that. And so it was uh, rumored that this particular scene was shot very close to the release of this movie. So I think they had finished principal photography around maybe April. And this movie or that scene was shot maybe May, maybe June, um, which is really, really late. Um, but what ends up happening is Superman does show up at the end of the movie. It's a, it's a mid credit scene. And he basically says, it's been a while since the world has been on edge like this, you know, referring to him when he first uh, appeared on Earth or revealed himself to Earth. And they were all like, what the hell is going on? There's aliens, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, it's been a while since the world has felt like this. You know, we should talk. Basically, Black Adam's like, all right, talk. And um, yeah, it basically ends like that. And you're just left with the whole movie was meant to build up to that point. I think the whole movie, the whole purpose of it, I think for what it means going forward, it was just to get Black Adam and Superman in the same frame together. And it's, it's for me, if that was the whole point of the movie, fine. I'll take it. I'll accept it. It's a 5 out of 10 for me. But this is where I'm more interested now in what happens going forward. Like, are we going to have Black Adam and Superman going at it? Because we need to see that. Um, anyone who knows um, the comics and the, uh, the you know, the animated stuff, um, there's, there is an, a really well animated um, Black Adam Shazam Superman movie. It's about, a, uh, it's a short animated movie, about 45 minutes. I was hoping that that's what we were going to get, but that's all you know possible future stuff but that's it for me I, I hope i didn't bore you too much if you have any comments or you want to share your thoughts please reach out i am on instagram at nerdgab and on twitter at nerd underscore gab you can also email me at nerdgab.podcast at gmail.com if you've made it to this far in the video you might as well just drop a follow on one of those social medias because why did you make it this far without following me um, so hope to hear from you soon. Please share your thoughts. I'd love to know what you think. I love to talk about this kind of stuff. And uh, until next time, guys, Nerd Gab out.